Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Fantastic, and I'll tell you why. Because yesterday I came into the office with my main Christmas present to myself my new pair of jeans. Mm. And I thought, these jeans look great on my ass. I've got a fine figure in this pair of denim. And the whole day, even though they're incredibly uncomfortable, they are still very starchy and I'm finding it hard to sit down in certain ways. Going to the toilet, sitting down, is really difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to push my legs together (laughs) because the denim doesn't stretch that way Mm. when it's all bunched up. Are you wearing them now? Are these your new jeans? These are the new jeans. They're very nice jeans. So what I end up doing is sort of buffalo billing myself. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know... <laughs> Goodbye, horses! <laughs> which is quite problematic from just a clean-up perspective. Yeah. And, see, toilet chat always comes back to that. And I got home, and my, the first thing my lady partner asked me was, did anyone mention your new jeans? Because that was the first day. Mm. And I said no. Not one of the boys mentioned my new jeans. Would you notice if Laurie was wearing a new pair of jeans? Maybe. Well, that's it, isn't it? So I, I don't think we're not the sort of people that would notice. I'm not saying that men <laughs> wouldn't notice this because that's a horrible generalization. But I certainly think within our office, no, not one of us are the sort of people that would notice. Look, you're off the hook. We know your issues with jeans. <laughs> yeah. Pete, cut from the same cloth, I think. Oh, the yeah. Same, you know, sweatshop cloth. I think he's worse than I am. Simon and Laurie. You know, Simon's effectively a model. Yeah, they're fashionable chaps. And Laurie was our model for yes. the Wrestle Talk merch shop. Please go buy some merch. But they don't ever say to us, oh, mm. that's a new pair of whatever. 
Laurie's not one to compliment, Talk. is he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but why do you think I was doing so many breakout sessions while I was standing up in front of you all? You always do breakout sessions where you're standing in front of us, looking down on us all like the plebeians that we are. Anyway, today I was, you know, sort of, I'm wearing them in. They're still very uncomfortable, but that's, that's the price to look good. Mm-hmm. No, no lemon, no melon. <laughs> no melon. <laughs> As we established on last week's show, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I'm upstairs with a very snappy dresser named Cookie. Sounds like I've made him up. That's his name. He's called Cookie. He sort of runs our merch stuff. And he said, nice jeans, man. Real good weave. I was like, it is a good weave, isn't it? (laughs) Weave's a hair thing, isn't it? Well, I think it's the weave of denim. I don't know if you can see this is tight. And, I mean, these were expensive jeans. You would... Swear, don't even. If I told you how much, don't even. Because you know, Christmas present. But you see how I've turned them up at the bottom. Yes. So that's because apparently, jeans. If you're doing it right, they have to be made. These these were hand finished in the shop for me. I what bloody hell? I live next to a jean making factory. Yeah. And I went in there. (laughs) That that's what happened. Yeah. So this this is a, a lifelong pair. They'll repair them for the rest of our lives. It's called an atelier. A jean maker, a, a sort of, not what's the word, like a, not a knitter. Mm, a Scooby-Doo, mate. You know, the, the people with the, a, you know, industrial sewing. Cool. With we'll, machines. We'll, we'll call it that. that. That for denim is called an atelier. We actually have got, there was a fashion <clears throat> person, like a, there was a fashion student, wasn't he, who emailed in because they were very annoyed mm. at my lack of expenditure on clothes. So yeah. they, they'll be able to email in and tell you how wrong you are. Well, yeah, hopefully so. And and he said you have to have the leg two inches longer than what I had it on as because on the first wash it's going to shrink by two inches. Mm. Yeah, lengthwise, but it will expand. I get that problem in the cold. It will expand by an inch widthwise. <laughs> oh, wow. So so what I had to do is buy something over Christmas when I'm at my plumpest mm-hmm. that was one inch thinner. Than I intended to be for the rest of the year. I haven't been able to put them on until yesterday. Oh, okay. But yet now the, the compliments are starting to come in. You've had that one compliment. I've, well, oh, sorry, I went downstairs and then uh, Alex complimented me too. Did he really? He was like, nice jeans, mate. I was like, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, they are nice jeans, like, mm. you know. Can't breathe. <laughs> so sorry, that's a very long-winded way of saying yes. I'm doing all right. Good. How well, are you? I'm okay, man. I'm, I'm doing just as well, I guess. Um, I've had these jeans now for a few months, and they're doing fine. But we've had this email, and I thought you'd be interested in. Oh, this is the this is the one that you mentioned in the office earlier. No, no this is a different ah. one. This is one I actually was going to do on last week's episode, but we got talked about uh, petrol gate. <coughs> um, no, this one comes in from Ewan, the leader of the New World yeah. Disorder, McDonald's. Y- indeed, yes. Who says, uh, "Hi guys, on January 18th, I'm going to be making my professional wrestling debut Whoa. in the Rev Pro Contenders Rumble no. at the Mountbatten Centre in Portsmouth." Fantastic. I feel like have you guys to thank uh, in a really roundabout way. Well, no, not a roundabout way, Ewan. A direct way. We've made that happen. <laughs> yeah. We know people. 
You guys ranting and raving about Lee versus Ishii made me interested in RevPro, which led me to go to my first indie show, which hooked me on RevPro and invigorated my passion mm. for wrestling. This led to me going to more shows on a consistent basis, leading up to High Stakes 2019, which of course had Pack versus Osprey, which made me and my best mate literally bite the bullet oh. and go to RevPro's Portsmouth School of Wrestling, which now close to 11 months has led to me getting this opportunity. Without you guys constantly putting over what an amazing match and all about the New World Discord is encouraging me throughout my training so far, I definitely wouldn't have got to this point, so thank you. If anyone wants to come see my debut in the giant 40-man rumble and see stars like Bullet Club's Hikaleo... Yeah, 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 the really, really tall guy. And Mox's little buddy Shota Unamo, <laughs> they can come ask me on Discord so I can get commission or go to revolutionprowrestling.com. Keep up the consistent work. The leader of the New World Discord, Ewan. Well, what a lovely thing. Rev Pro, what a fantastic British promotion. And, well, you know, it's been a rough time for British independent wrestling promotions as we talked about in the last couple of well months slash years because of what WWE have done to the scene but RevPro are still standing strong and you know who else is in there Rampage Brown Rampage returned to progress over the weekend I know what an amazing oh my god it's incredible it's so good I honestly I cannot recommend Rampage Brown enough no he's just watching him wrestle it's like it's like two levels of enjoyment. First off, you completely believe it's real. <laughs> because as we have direct experience with, yeah. he kind of is. Yeah, yeah. He lays it in thick. Oh, yeah. He yeah. is not a fan of slapping. No. He is not a fan of the knee slap. He makes that sound with the actual connections. Yes. Not by hitting another part of his body. And he, it's like you get that enjoyment from it just being fantastic wrestling. But like fantastic, not throwback, that's wrong. But it's just, it's not flippy stuff. It's just... Everything looks real. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's kind of similar to William Regal. It might not be stretchy and stuff, but it's got that intensity. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, but then on top of that, it's just I feel so at ease watching him. It's uh, I, this is a bad comparison, but it's like listening to Adele sing mm. because I know she's going to hit all the notes, and I find comfort in that. On that note, we had this email from Jacob Matthews. Uh, you might remember this conversation we had from last year. He said, what's up, Talk team? I'm emailing about bands I just don't get. Ooh. It's funny because me and my girlfriend made a big list of these type of bands a couple of months ago. Mostly people we don't think deserve to be big or as famous as they are. We came up with a lot, but I'll give <laughs> you my top three and why. Number one, a band called Rat. With two never C's. heard of them. No, never heard about them. Uh, but I have heard of these next two. Number two. The President of the United States of America. Nope, never heard of them either. What? 90s? She's lump, she's lump, she's lump, she's in my... They had an amazing... Their self-titled album from 94 is... I think it's brilliant. Mm. I think it's a work of genius, actually. So I completely disagree with Jacob here. (laughs) I think they are terrific, particularly that album. Some of the other stuff they've done since I'm not as keen on, but I do think their self-titled album, which had Lump and Peaches on it, is a incredible album. Wait, how does Peaches go? Millions of Peaches... Peaches for me. Yeah, I know yeah. that one. I'm moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. Hmm. Don't know that bit of that song. Okay. Well, I know the but chorus. I mean, that, that's actually the main part. Oh, right. <laughs> Millions of Peaches comes right at the end. Oh. Anyway, he says, uh, the name is too gosh darn long and their lyrics are stupid <laughs> and their sound is extremely generic. Whoa. I don't think you can say their sound is generic when no one else sounds like them. Surely that makes them unique. Hmm. 
Um, I would, I would, you know, if you want to use unique as a derogatory word, then fine, go ahead. But to say they are generic, I think is... So to argue that, maybe what you mean is bland. Because, for instance, everyone sounds like Ed Sheeran now. Mm -hmm. But before everyone sounded like Ed Sheeran, only Ed Sheeran sounded like Ed Sheeran. But he I was still bland. But I would, <laughs> okay. I would argue though that no one sounded like the president of the United States of America, and no one still sounds like. Him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Also, the, uh, as for the maybe time, it's just bland then. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. As for the name, it's pot user. Oh right. That that's where it's, it's a joke go. to be pot user. Anyway, uh, in all the I'm all for comedy bands like Tenacious D and The Beards, mm. but these guys seem to take themselves seriously. I really don't think that's the case. Their most popular song, Lump, is so generic and bad. <laughs> and their lyrics just suck. They really don't. Uh, whenever they come on the radio, I immediately change the station. Now, I want to find out what radio station you're listening to, where presidents of the United States of America are still getting airplay. Maybe it's Because it's not Spotify. 1994 anymore. Yeah, maybe it's their Spotify radio station. Maybe. Uh, number one, and this is a band I can completely get on board Ooh. with, Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah, but when Sweet Child of Mine comes on at the club, <laughs> you're going to be singing. Uh, specifically, I have actually seen you drunkenly air guitar with your eyes closed in the world's ending Camden yeah. to a Guns N' Roses song. It's it's almost impossible to not to, particularly when it comes to certain tracks. But I do not like their music. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Like when the big hitters come on, I'm like, oh, yeah. But, you know, you get like I've got a few friends who just love that kind of hair rock genre. Yeah. Uh, and they love every single thing. I once had a huge argument that Chinese Democracy was, you know, a crap album. Well, and that's not because it is. Guns and, yeah, and he was arguing it's brilliant. <laughs> but anyway, my point I've always had about Guns N' Roses is that, do you know what? Welcome to the Jungle is a banging track. Sweet Child of Mine is a banging track. November Rain is a banging track. I'm never going to listen to them. <laughs> like, they're on. If sure. they're on, sure. But I will never go out of my way to listen to them because I, don't, I do not like their songs and I do not like Axl Rose in particular yeah. I find his voice very irritating I once supported a Guns N' Roses tribute act and it was genuinely one of the worst gig experiences I've ever had <laughs> I remember when their music videos would come on to Kerrang back in the day I'd be like oh god that's six minutes <laughs> you know because they're such long solo. songs <laughs> yeah Anyway, uh, he says, specifically Axl Rose. He's completely carried by his other bandmate. He's uh, the most annoying voice in rock, especially when he tries to sing at a low register. Their cover of Live and Let Die is trash. Patience is utter garbage. And Knocking on Heaven's Door is annoying that it triggers me thinking about it. Stop it all off. Axl is just a straight up head. Uh, from ending concerts early, he's not even showing up to being outright egomaniac. Definitely one of my least favorite bands simply because of him. Thanks for reading my email. Thank you for shortening the intro of the podcast. Have we? Maybe oh, the talking intro, like, about... Ooh, well, a sound just happened where the camera appeared to close its shutter. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, let's go into the main bit. We'll go into the main <laughs> show while Ollie just quickly goes and has a check of that. Um, I think he might have meant the podcast, like the, the song. But anyway, anyway, uh, here's the show. Ollie's got some fantasy booking warfare he'd like to do about John Moxley, but he doesn't really know what it is. Here is the show. Here is what actually happened on last night's AEW Dynamite. The main event angle, which has been built up for a month, no less. One that was meant to pay off last week, but Moxley said, no, I've got to, you know, I'm going to give my answer next week after the whole New Japan Wrestle Kingdom stuff. To Jericho in person. 
Jared, because I respect him so much, I wanted to be face to face, which was a bit like, ah, uh, you kind of promoted. So the, the, it cr- for the that crowd episode. booed because you had promoted they were going to give the answer. Like, we said we'll give you the holidays. We expect our answer on the first episode after New Year. And the answer is to Jericho's proposition of Moxley joining a jo- joining the inner circle and becoming a forty nine percent co owner. Yes, so that, that was, that's how it got extended last week because <laughs> he was meant to give an answer last week. Instead, Jericho had a video package because he wasn't there in the building; he'd already gone to Japan, where he said. Yeah, we're going to make you a 49% owner of Inner Circle LLC. And we've bought you this millions upon millions of dollars car or something. A Ford GT or something. You know, it's Tony Khan's dad's car. Is it really? They were going to rent a very expensive looking Lamborghini thing. But Tony Khan's dad, who reportedly is really into AEW. <laughs> he, like, apparently he thought it was a bit of a gamble at the mm-hmm. start and he wasn't didn't really get it. But now he's like, this is great. Love yeah. it. Yeah, so he was like, "Take my car," uh, and that's the car they use. It's a, it's a Ford car. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a car. It's a fast, a, car. a blue fast car. And Mox said, "I'll answer you this week." So that was the build-up to this week's main event angle. And Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager came down to the ring. Not the full inner circle. I would have liked. I don't Ma- think. I don't think uh, Santana and Ortiz were there. Well, make them be there. <laughs> what, what else more important do they have to do than they might have had indie bookings? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> as we've seen. As we've seen. AEW are too nice. <laughs> and and they, they so Jericho, Guevara, and Hager come down to the ring. They've got a sort of table with some bubbly to celebrate. And it's Jericho's bubbly as well. And Jericho, uh, it, he he's the one who introduces Moxley. Yeah. We were robbed of a John Roberts. Justin John Roberts. Roberts. Justin Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, the deal. Um, yeah, so, like, they put over as well that... The pair of them, Jericho and Moxley, had big weekends. Big, big weekends. They kept putting over the Tokyo Dome. And yeah, and Jericho himself said, you know, we're two guys. We all won our matches at the Tokyo Dome in Japan. And as he's coming out to make his entrance, Jericho's given him the big introduction. No US title belts on Moxley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Which a few people were expecting there to be. Um, but he came out um, and Jericho said there's going to be a big party. We're going to have a wicked party when you all join the inner circle. And none of you are invited all good very good heel stuff um and then mox says that like hey jericho you know you've offered me 49 percent share you've offered me this this car you've offered me all this money you clearly don't know me at all none of that means anything to me i didn't come to aew because someone brought a truckload of cash to my house i came here to change the wrestling landscape and i'm going to do that by joining in a circle mm. i say yes the crowd suddenly didn't really know how to react to me like oh ooh, okay and he took off his jacket to reel he was wearing an inner circle t-shirt i loved Jericho and Sammy selling of this. Like they were hugging and high-fiving because they got Mox to join. thought it was actually a lot of fun. Mm. Overall, I thought the segment went far too long. I think they didn't need to do two rounds of celebration. It was about 10 minutes long overall. Didn't need to be 10 minutes long. Five minutes of material. Yeah, yeah, it was five minutes of material stretched out over 10 and it really felt like it. Mm. And then they do sort of two rounds of celebrations. Moxley was sort of healing it up, like getting with, uh, with Jericho's back and being like, hey, don't you tell him he sucks. And all this sort of stuff. And then when Sammy and Hager left the ring, he said, oh, by the way, I've got one more thing to tell you. Um, I'm just kidding. Your group is stupid. You're stupid. And he smashed a bottle over his head, gave him the paradigm shift. Jericho selling it was amazing. Uh, paradigm shift to Sammy. Hager gets in the ring. Moxley bails, tears off the T-shirt, walks through the crowd. And he celebrates because he got the car key. Mm. 
So that's what happened. And that was that the closing image of Dynamite was Moxley in the crowd with the car keys being like, yeah, sports car. <laughs> it isn't because that's... I, I know, like, it's more, oh, I've got one over on Jericho. But it was also a bit sports car. That, that didn't jar with me. Yeah. Uh, Extinction Rebellion are going to be really mad about yeah, this. Right. <laughs> yeah, the people who share my logo. Uh, but the... So I enjoyed this segment. But... This was an angle that's been built up for over a month. It's been the the biggest thing on AEW for a while It's their now. main title picture. Yeah, and I just thought this is the payoff. I, I was like, I'm enjoy- I love all the people in there. I'm, I enjoyed it, but I'm, I was almost forcing myself to enjoy it. Do you know what I would say? This segment was less over than Marco Stunt. Mm, yeah. That crowd were way more into Marco <laughs> Stunt flossing than they were Moxley faking out uh, in a circle. Yeah, and I, th- I think the guys in the ring knew it because Jericho knows how to work a crowd. And that's he, he, it was a bit desperate. He, he turned to the crowd at one point and was like, did you say I sucked? Yeah. And everyone was like, nah. <laughs> and then he like tried to egg them on to chant, you suck, yeah, you suck. Well, they got a you sold out chant, but it almost felt like the crowd were doing it out of politeness. Yeah. It just felt like, I suppose, suppose we should do that. Mm. Like, that's what, that's what they want us to do. I did like the visual of Moxley hitting Jericho in the face with a bit of the bubbly bottle. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. That R- makes total sense in the story. Great visual. I also liked Mox running away from Hager. Yeah. Because that really keeps Hager strong. Mox doesn't lose anything, really. So, remember I liked it. This is just... <laughs> the- <laughs> but I felt it left You're a lot on the table. Bias. I, I, I feel like it left a lot on the table. And actually had that one quite jarring image of Moxley valuing material worth. Yeah. I know, I know there's an argument that that might not be the case. He's just doing it to get in Jericho's head, but I think there's a better way to do it. Here's how. Here is how. Yeah, okay. No, no, you make your point. I was, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly write it down because I was going to say something about the keys. So you have – you do everything. Moxley comes into the ring and he – he, said, he sort of builds it up like he did, and then he says, and that's why I'm going to join in a circle. Right, everything's normal. First off, I felt like the, the crowd went into it because it was predictable. And Jericho's selling of Mox's react of accepting, I actually thought made it more predictable. I think Jericho should have been then like, you what? Like, Jericho mm-hmm. should never have thought that Moxley was going to agree. But I, I, do, but I, I think Jericho as a character thinks that, well, of course you're going to join. Look at this great offer I've made you. So, like, him reacting is not going to be like okay. a, as a, huh, that, that surprised me. It's more like a, well, of course you joined. Look at this amazing offer. But there's that, but I I, I think for the, the dynamics yeah. for the rest of it, it it'll be more oh, to, yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, to, yeah. to get the crowd into it. So Jericho's there like, y- 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 did you say you join? And Moxie's like, yeah. And then he's like, wait, so that's, that's like the first bit of getting the crowd in. And then, this, I think this will really help Moxie get heat. He says, I came here to you know, to change wrestling, and Co- I want to, I want to take out Cody. I want to take out the Young Bucks. I want to take out Kenny Omega. Get him railing on a few beloved fan like people from the fans, mm-hmm. so then the fans start to boo him as well. Now, probably say Marco Stunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so then, then you've got some actual heat, hopefully in theory, because trying to get a you suck chant was a, wasn't working. So. Yeah, do, do the equivalent. Even a hometown heat thing didn't work. Jericho did a Memphis line, and no one really reacted to that. Yeah. So have this all. Have the celebration. Don't do it twice. Make it a lot more condensed. What I really felt that the, the end reveal 
was the real big problem here. It just wasn't dramatically impactful enough. So you do the thing where they're all celebrating. Jericho's overjoyed because secretly in his head, oh, I didn't know it was going to happen. Well, who? It's the cocky, arrogant heel. And then Mox is like making sort of everyone celebrate towards the hard cam. And that's when you get that shot of dramatic irony. When Moxley is standing behind Jericho, the facial expression changes. He takes one swig of the champagne bottle and then turns it into a sort of mallet, some kind of mallet position. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he hits Jericho over the head. I don't know what you do with Sammy and Hager. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Jericho's down. He's like, oh, no, I've been betrayed. And everyone's like, yes, Moxley. You're, you're with us. We always kind of knew that, but this was a good journey we went on. And then Moxley gets the keys, holds it in front of Jericho's face. You know, Jericho's like, no. And then Moxley throws them into the crowd. That's the bit. Because then Moxley is then again a man of the people. He doesn't care about material worth. What's like, I think that's that's a lot more impactful than the next. I'm, I'm worried that the next couple of weeks is I've got your car. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which is a bit like rubbish WWE. It fits in with that whole 80s style of booking, which Cody loves as well. I, I, I'm not as much of a fan of that sort of stuff. So my counter to that mm. is my bit of fantasy booking is not for this segment. It's for next week. Okay. Which is it's holding the car hostage and you Austin this whole situation. Like what meant more to Triple H apart from the WWF Championship was the DX Express. So what did Austin do? He blew it up. It was Vince, what it, Vince McMahon loved his car. So Austin poured cement into it. You do that sort of thing. You have Moxley blow up the car. Mm. And that, but you and have that as your Austin moment. I, I think that will be a bit gimmicky. Maybe it will work. But oh, I, I, no, I mean, it's totally gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it, it, I don't, th- because that car hasn't been built up as something that's Jericho's. It was bought as a gift for Moxley. So I don't think that personal connection's there. It's only got one week of storyline by that point, the actual car as a plot device. Uh, I hope they don't do that. I, I, I think the car is either going to be dropped or it's going to be used as this kind of, Look, we've got your car. Ha ha. Mm. Here's me driving around. I'm like, I don't, spray want, this, I don't want Moxley to be that kind of heel. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite hokey. It's not a heel. It's a baby face. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, you're totally right. I don't want him to be that kind of badass tweener baby face because that, that is then treading towards the hokey S word, which he said that he hated in WWE. It's nowhere near as bad as that stuff. I mean, uh, I, I mean, look, it, it worked when Austin did it, but that was also you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. So times have changed. It's a different world now. It might work. It might also not. But like we have seen that if, if there's one thing that Cody loves, it's going back to WCW mm. and that sort of era of stuff. Maybe it's something that they'll try. Yeah. I'm just trying to flip through. Uh, oh, yeah. So Flint Mech has just super chatted in to say, Meltzer said the car actually belongs to Shad Khan, Tony well, Khan's said, dad, yeah, yeah. which I said at the start. Not sure they'll blow it up. Well, you can blow up a different car. Like it's it's movie magic. Yeah, cut back, different car. Like you know, that wasn't really Vince's limo when it blew up. Vince, Vince wasn't really in the limo when it blew up either. Uh, I'm I'm just well, a lot of people saying Spinorama 29. I love that ending. Uh, I thought I do you know I, as I said I aside from it going too long, I really enjoyed the segment because I thought everyone selling of it was really fun. Mm. Oh, I, I thought it all I thought it all felt a bit off. Mm. Not not just how long it went. But I, lo- I like the idea. I thought the execution fell flat. I don't think the crowd were massively into it. I will no. say that.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I give a thanks to our special $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. And when you do pledge at that amount, you get your name shouted out in a Wrestle Talk live episode by these two handsome devils right here. But you'll also get all of our extra bonus content, like our drunk cast that we do at the end of the month. And we're going to be reviewing WWF Royal Rumble 2001 for Wrestle Talk Extra at the uh, next week. I think we're going to start recording it. <clears throat> a, a show I've got a lot of fond memories for. Mm. And despite the fact that I was way into Austin, I just wanted Kane to win. Well, we've got to we've got to really go fast because yeah. we haven't set up. A oh my god, show. you're right. You're yeah. absolutely yeah. So, uh, so hit- but we'll get to your super chats right after these. Yo, Adrian, Rocky. Whoa, yeah. Bad connection, Thomas Lagton. It's my favourite. Leader of the boys, Dalton Sizemore. Whoa, the incredible Tarzan. Nice. Jeremy Spoken. Class today, yeah. Smith. The man who wears the gold, the man recognised by SWAF Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Nice. The redneck, Dennis Hicks. Yeah. Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again is Mr. Plowman. Michael Michael Plowman. Plowman. There it is. Big bad, Blake Lloyd. Martin Santoy, you're talking to me. Are you talking to me? You nearly finished the Irishman now. Courtney, it's just taking you three days. Courtney Travis Webb. Thank you very much. And I think he's talking to you, Damien Thompson. It's two Simpsons references. Yay. Nice. Thank 
so, so super chats to see what you guys thought. Indeed. Well, Jobber JJ on this main topic of conversation that says, Super Chat Party! I guess Moxley declined the inner circle because no Mitch the Plant. Casting in Luchasaurus stare down was awesome. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Jobber JJ also says that DDP promo was great. Him wrestling at Bash in the Beach almost 20 years since the last time is a great story. No shoot promos, please. LOL. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, Tim Ant says, uh, what do you guys think of Dave Brown on commentary? My thoughts were, oh, yeah, I forgot he was behind the desk. I'm glad you said that because I was worried you were going to say, oh, he was really good. I was oh, kind of, yeah, yeah, he didn't really contribute anything. No, he was just there to be like, here he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've had that before as well, actually, where they've had sort of like, here is a local person mm. to do commentary, provide commentary for this match. They say nothing and then off they go. Then they do it with Cracker Barrel. They had like a cracker rem- barrel I, guy. I feel like it was on, on Dyn- It was definitely on dynamite. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was. It was probably like the mayor or something. Yeah. Um, uh, Slam town. Flame, uh, Flame Inc. says, "Would DDP wrestle for AEW next week? Blacklist him with WWE." <laughs> also, for someone who is sixty-three years old, he looks amazing and has the body to wrestle again. That. Is DDPY. It's not your mum's yoga. It is not your mama's yoga. Uh, and Phoenix oh, says, should we, "Should we answer whether it would blacklist oh, yes, him yeah, from yeah. WWE?" Uh, no, I don't think so. I think WWE would take him back in a heartbeat. It would actually just make them want him more. Yeah, <laughs> they'd probably offer him like they'd find another way to give him a Hall of Fame ring. Mm, yeah. Oh, the in- we'll put the insiders, the tag team <laughs> act, uh, into the Hall of Fame. But I, I don't think TDP would do that. He's he doesn't need. Uh, he, he might do it for a respect for the business kind of thing, like he, if it's a Hall of Fame offering. But uh, you know, he's he loves the Rhodes family. He loves Cody, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, and, and Dusty, and mm. absolutely. Uh, we'll do one more. This comes in from Phoenix, who says, first Statlander match I've seen. She is legit yeah. great, but Brandy is <coughs> so bad it's funny. Her insults on commentary were so cringe. I couldn't work out whether mm. they were supposed to be bad. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm doing bad comedy, but I'm doing it on purpose, and I know it's bad comedy. I couldn't tell if it was that, or it's just legit bad. If you can't tell, it's right? probably just, just bad. bad. Yeah, because I that there is that you can you you'll laugh if they're doing it in a bad way on purpose. It's bad. You'll eventually laugh because it will be funnily awkward. But if it's awkwardly awkward. That's no good. I mean, based on how all the rest of the Nightmare Collective stuff is done, mm. I'm just going to assume it's bad because it's trash television. Should we? Uh, should we we've just got a few more to, to get through, so let's just okay. do those before we hop onto the full play-by-play. Green Bean 78. I give AEW six out of ten. But we mark things out for fun. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. It's three out of three, three out, out of five. five. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix, uh, thank you very much for your generous, very generous donation. donation. In Australian dollars, I believe. Yeah. It's a Swaft Under member. I hope you're doing okay. Hot take. This was my fave AEW mm. episode so far. This is because I found it consistently entertaining. It didn't have a best AEW segment, but it just entertained me consistently, whereas past shows, not so much. That's an interesting take, actually. Like I said, my my about four minutes reviews, which I, I don't think has gone live just yet, mm. Um but I said in that that I called it a solid show. Like it was, aside from the Nightmare Collective, this was just solid, furthering storylines, furthering characters, salt and peppering things a little bit here and there. Nothing big, nothing major, just solid. Yeah. It was a solid three out of five. I, I agree. I agree. And, uh, but if, I mean, we might stop doing these AEW versus NXT polls because it's, it, yeah. 
They're just uh, it's funny that we're funny. I'm, I can see the comments now. Oh, you're stopping those things when NXT <laughs> keeps winning. <laughs> but I just don't. I feel like they're not really telling us anything anymore. No. At the start, it was useful, but interestingly, when we so. Which show was better? We asked on the community tab. 64% said NXT. 36% said AEW Dynamite. Which is interesting because when we came into the office today, Laurie's reaction to NXT was, eh. Yeah. It felt like that was almost both <clears throat> shows' reaction was, eh, that's good. But then I, they were like, well, what would you give it? And he was like, low four. <laughs> <laughs> so Laurie's got a different facial expression yeah. registered to the rest of us. But pre-Survivor Series, that really was the turning point, that go-home NXT show. Every week was 50%. Yeah, so it was like 50% really was. between the two, a couple of percent here and there in it, in it. And then post-Survivor Series, NXT has been winning with at least 60% of the share. Well, I would... We've got a Patreon mailbag on tomorrow's show, which I think is actually quite interesting because I think it's it's almost telling of uh, sort of a, a wider picture. And it's, uh, it's from one of our Patreon pledgehammers that it said, like, AEW is not the show I was expecting it to be, mm. and I'm disappointed. And I, I do think that AEW was just this very big, grand idea, and everyone was expecting it to be this whiz, pang, bop, you know, oh, my God, like, everything is just, like, it's it's a five out of five show every single week. And because it's not a five out of five show every week, people have just been like, actually, do you know what? It's actually a bit disappointing. It's also a case of before something actually happens, it's everyone's perfect vision. Like, everyone's got their own preconceptions of what they want that show to be. I... This, this isn't my perfect version of AEW. I thought it was going to be New Japan in the in the US. Yeah. That's not what it is. It's more of a being the elite thing. So I, I if you if you really thought it was going to be something different, I can see why people would turn Completely. off. Completely, absolutely. And turn against it. But yep. yeah, that's uh that's those ones. We've just got we've just had a few super chats come in on the fancy booking. So I'm curious to see how Things gone down. Nate drops surname. What if Jericho yells he wants his car back and Moxley just has a casual throwaway line of, your car? Oh, I sold that piece of junk. So now, I still don't I, think I, that's I feel good. Like the, I feel like there needs to be something visual with the car. Like a throwaway line mm. is, is certainly a way to get rid of it. And But I, I think it needs that visual element. Yeah. Uh, Vincent17601, catchy. Uh, try that for his pin number, everyone. <laughs> Narrative-wise, the car is incredibly expensive and the inner circle are out a lot of money. As Jericho said, they pitched in to buy it, so it would make sense for Mox to rub it in their faces. Exactly, yeah. They, totally. And it was apparently it's like millions of dollars, yeah. which I think is effing stupid <laughs> to spend on a car. But that's just me. I, I think that's what's going to happen. That's not a storyline that connects with me. So I think it's, yeah, I wouldn't have done it. Let's go in to the full play-by-play uh, review of the show. I love the opening package. Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good stuff. I got over how the Elite were sort of back on top last week. A storyline that really should never have been a thing. They should have They should have been winning and in the main event and openers from the get-go. But now we're here now, so good. And then it also recapped the John Moxie Jericho stuff. Basically set up, here are your two big things you need to know about. It's the Elite being the Elite. Or become re becoming re elite <clears throat> and Moxley joining in a circle. There was a really, really nice tight video package that then played into the opening match, which was Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Private Party. We found out that Hangman Page was not going to give Private Party the $12 mm. that they own for that drink, which 
which I think is a silly price to pay for a drink. <laughs> 12 bucks. There wasn't a lot of drink in it. It looked like a hotel bar, though. Even, if I went they to a, are pricey. If I went to a hotel bar and they tried to charge me $12 for a single drink, mm. I'd throw something at them. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this match was awesome. Oh, but yeah. It was, of course, it was. Look great. at the talent involved. Yeah, I it was great. I love, I love Paige and Omega as a team. They have got wicked tag team chemistry. Oh my god! Yeah, they're just seamless. The chops. I love the push into the German yeah. suplex. The, I mean, in this one, there was the buckshot lariat V trigger going into the front of you with a V trigger to the back of the head. I've rewatched <laughs> that because TDE put it up on Twitter as a gif. I've watched it so many times. It's brutal. It just. Brilliant stuff. Quen's selling of it was amazing as well. Of essentially just like he died, mm. like the, his soul left his body and he crumpled to the floor. That is enough to make me into them as a team. And they've like over the last three weeks with no real storyline stuff. We just know that they're friends. They have made them feel like a real tag team unit and fantastic work by them. And they've done such a good job that I am really invested in their breakup storyline. I think Hangman is doing amazing work in this Incredible. feud. Incredible. His selling throughout the matches has just been just great. Like, next level good. Because he is on the same page as Omega. I, yeah. On the same Hangman. On the same Hangman page. They are on the same page to a degree. He will fist bump, he will tag in, he will tag out. He was never hogging the limelight. But... They bumped heads at one point because mm. I think Quen pushed them into each other. And when they won, Hangman still had this look on his face, which was just like, like I'm, I mean, I'm still not happy. I know we're yeah. winning and everything, but it's, I'm not cool. This isn't cool. And the proof is in the crowd reaction because he is over. He is the most over he's ever been in that company. Yeah, huh. He's getting like just organic cowboy S word chants to set off the match. They're chant they were chanting for Paige more than they were for Omega in the beginning of this match. And it's because of character and story. And it's just entwining perfectly. Remember where we were just a few months ago? He was main eventing the biggest AEW show ever, arguably, for the inaugural world championship. And everyone was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is something doesn't fit here. And one of the big success stories is they've gone back to the drawing board and they've just put him back at a, a sort of upper mid card slot and slowly worked on this idea with him. And it all makes sense if you trace it back to that August shot. Yeah, completely. I, I, I'm really, really enjoying this stuff here. I, my only hope <clears throat> for this, and I, I'm going to bring this up again later on as well, is that this affects the power rankings. Paige and Omega have got... I think they've only lost once as a team. Mm. Like, they've got a number of wins under their belt. <coughs> as a unit, they feel like they should be in that top five power rankings for the, the tag team. For the tag titles, yeah. yeah. And when you look at the Rhodes brothers, when they beat uh, Lucha Brothers later on in the show, that they beat the number three group in the, in the number three team in AEW. Surely that should affect the power rankings. Because mm. if the power rankings come out next week and neither of those teams are featured, or we get to a like dynamite next week and it's not really mentioned, then these wins don't mean anything. And I that that kind of bugs me a little bit. And I'd like to see Paige and Omega going into this sort of like almost like a tag title journey where you can then do the breakup. I think that's the perfect use of them. I, I the, the tag division. It's after being very, very hot at the start. Uh, I think they've fallen victim to pushing too many teams. And now I feel like the tag champions are... I, I forgot that the SCU were the tag, tag champions, champions yeah. or that the tag belts were a thing because they've got all these other stories. I mean, for me, that proves my point of two months ago that the SCU weren't the right guys to put the belts on. 
Uh, but th- this, I think that to counter your, or to, to balance out rather your criticism there, my big plus point of this show was how perfectly played, perfectly paced, sorry, the overall wrestling stories are. Mm, so yeah. this, this is like, yeah, something slightly different happened from Page and Omega's dissension well, last week. It, yeah. And you saw that throughout the show. The Cody MJF stuff is just being perfectly elongated. So you can have feuds that last six months and don't feel overexposed, where they fight every three weeks or they're in every segment together weekly. Yeah. It's been perfectly done. But what happened here is Omega and Page won. Just a terrific match. This is awesome chant from the crowd as well with the sort of private party silly string spot. And... Uh, that was a great near fall off the gin and juice on Omega. I actually thought that was going to be the win then until Paige yeah. broke it up. <clears throat> and um, Which is actually also, sorry to cut you off there, brilliant again in that storytelling. It was Omega that was going to take the pin mm, and Paige was the one that made the really, save. Really, really good. Uh, but then there was that Lariat V-Trigger oh, combo. Brutal. One-winged angel. I think you haven't beat before <laughs> then, but no one kicks out of the angel and they win. But then Pack the Bastard appears on screen uh, remembering that he had a storyline with Nakazawa about two weeks ago. Now, now, now. Someone got very upset with us on Twitter last week that we didn't watch that episode of AEW Dark where they did follow up on mm. the Pack Nakazawa thing. I would argue that doing this backstage segment kind of proves our point that they also didn't care about that Dark segment because A, they've never mentioned on TV and B, they just did it again. Yeah. Yeah, so Pack has him in the Brutalizer. Loads of people are trying to break it up. Of course, Nakazawa, Omega's best mate. Omega runs back there. Page doesn't. No. Nope. In fact, he takes a beer from a fan and just starts drinking with the crowd. Drinking with the fans during the ad break. Alcoholism <laughs> is over. It's just, it's just a brilliant... Like, consider... Because alcoholism has been dealt with horribly in wrestling in the past. Oh, yes, with, like, just. the sort of WCW days, and it was Scott Hall, wasn't it? Scott Hall, they also did it with... Oh, uh, was uh, Rick Flair? Did no, they did it with uh, Hawk in... That was a concussion in, thing. Hawk in WWF as well. really insensitive and, and exploitative as opposed to an actual story that, that serves something. And here I think they've got it. They've got the balance spot on. I, I love it. I don't think he's an alcoholic. Oh, no, no. Sorry, that's an extreme. But he is drinking because he is troubled. Uh, okay. As a right, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's more... Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I, I, th- I thought this whole... That the Omega page stuff is actually my favourite thing on AEW at the moment. It's just so subtle and being perfectly told. Yeah, I'm really, really enjoying mm. it. Um, I think well, we also glad I thought you might enjoy this... Uh, opening match as well because they didn't cut to the Omega video package I did notice that <laughs> so it's like yeah Paige comes out and then Omega comes out but you only see, you him, see him walking around in Tokyo <laughs> on the screen it doesn't go full screen because it doesn't need to go full screen it's a boring shot of a bored looking man walking around the street I think we could probably do away with it now because we're not doing that storyline yeah. but I mean I thought it was part of that storyline maybe I was just wrong mm. maybe it's just Kenny thinks it looks cool yeah, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, and remember, we did like this episode. I know I said I would have booked it differently in the main event, but those were tweaks. Little little tweaky tweaks on my Foreign Objects t-shirt here, which you can get at WrestleTalkMerch.com. But this next segment was unfortunately quite like, I, I think like, across the board received bad. I haven't oh, yeah. seen anyone defend this. I've seen a lot of people criticize it, and I agree with them. I think this stuff is so bad, it's getting the Dark Order over. 
<laughs> Maybe that's the plan. That, I think this is it because now, like the Dark Order got genuine heat in mm. their segment. And I think it is because this stuff is so bad. I was like, man, it could be worse, I guess. Yeah. And all right, so you, you run this down. Chris Statlander and Riho had a match for the AEW Women's Championship. Finally, this was meant to <laughs> meant to happen last week, but Statlander was double booked, so they pushed it back to this week. Uh, they showed Sheeda and Britt Baker at ringside, both looking a little bit pissed off. Um, not like this. Not like that. No, this was good action that was then ruined by Nightmare Collective nonsense. I was really into Statlander, Rio. I I genuinely thought they were going to put the belt on Statlander. Really? I really did. Because I think this Rio experiment has... I, I think the month off mm. has hurt this Rio experiment. Yeah. And she feels so under now. There's just like, do you know what? Let's just put on someone new. I, I, I think it's hurting the belt. You first brought this up to me last week. And now I can't not notice it. When she came out, I remember those pops she was getting in October. Yep. They're not there anymore. It just, it's a sympathy. Not a sympathy pop. It's just a... A sort of reaction pop because you've heard some music. That's exactly it. Mm. I, I think uh, having a month off TV and not having any storyline <laughs> going into full gear has really, really damaged her title reign. I think it has damaged the title. Yeah. And I think just keeping it on her is not doing it any favours. Very short-sighted. Um, so it was, you know, it was good action between these two. They actually were having a really good match. Second rope delayed oh, suplex from Statlander yeah. on Rio. Because Statlander's so big compared to Rio being so small that... That's. I was really looking forward to them having a match. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then Kong and Mel came down to ringside. Is that a name, Mel? Yeah, I mean, I originally wrote um, Shaved Head Lady. <laughs> <laughs> then, the then, other one. Then they called her Mel, and I was like, okay, cool, her name's Mel then. Um, Mel threw Riho into the barricade. Statlander started taking out both Kong. When Kong took a bump, I got a bit concerned because mm. like her knees are terrible. I've seen Glow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, anyway, what this led to was Brandy coming down from commentary. She was providing commentary during the match. Not very good commentary. Not very good. She comes down and she starts mouthing off at Statlander. And then from underneath the ring comes what feels like, the, you know, as many debuts as we've had as many weeks of TV at this point. Someone comes out from under the ring. It is Japanese deathmatch legend Luther. Um, and the crowd die. Because the crowd don't know who it is. The crowd don't care. The match loses all of its momentum. They do some schmozzy stuff. Then they get back into the ring. And jeebus bless them. These two tried to get this crowd back into this match with a series of very good near falls. Yeah. I got back. I actually got back into the match. I don't think the crowd did. Mm. I popped for one of them because I thought they might put the belt. I was still convinced they were putting the belt on Statlander. And then Kong trips Statlander and Riho Pinza. Yeah. And then they get in the ring afterwards and beat them up. And then I, and this, this is the only bit of the segment I liked where you had Sheeda run in to make the save and you had Big Swall and Sonny Kiss run down and they cut to Britt Baker who has got out of her seat and has then looked at it and gone like, actually no. Mm. And she got and she just sat down in her seat and watched. I really, really liked that bit of it. Further's last week's heel teasers. Exactly. Yeah, That's really like. good. It's keeping that plate spinning, but it was a, just a further advancement mm. of that storyline. There was the one shot of this whole segment that I liked. Well, I, I actually thought the... Because I thought they were going to have a proper match. I think, again, this is a match that's been promoted for three weeks. One that we didn't get last week. The parallels with the Moxie Jericho stuff are quite strong, actually. So just give us a match. Yeah. The, the, and, but they, they did this schmoz DQ. But I, I thought the first bit... No, Rio won. 
Yeah, sorry, what I mean is sort of interference. It wasn't oh, right, clean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're totally right. I did use the used wrong words. <laughs> but they, I thought they were booking it really well, where Rio was taken out outside and then Statlander took because out... Because she's like, I want to I have this match, like that. Yeah, and then on the other side, uh, Statlander got taken out by Kong, so Rio took out... Come yeah. for that bump because Rio actually had the opportunity to have the match won. But it's like, no, no, I'm going to dive onto everyone on the outside. Good Brill- stuff. Brilliant, because you are you you are keeping the sort of moral compass of the baby faces intact, and it's balanced out. Really smart booking. And actually, the finish, even though I don't agree with doing it, protects Rio's baby face mm-hmm. personality because she didn't know that Can't she had make- essentially cheated. Yeah. Very smart. But I, I just thought they should have a proper match by the end of it. And you use that interference as a bit of booking to heighten the drama as opposed to completely undermine it. Completely. But really, all the Nightmare Collective stuff and whatever, this Uncle Festus debut. <laughs> I, a lot of people, I imagine, are going to go, well, you know, that's, you, how dare you? That is Japanese deathmatch legend. Those people who have gone to Wikipedia. Look. I think I, I I don't think it's crazy to say I know a lot about wrestling. I do, I don't know who this guy is, and and so and and I I would argue that a lot of the viewer, if I don't know who the, that that guy is, a lot of the crowd aren't going to know, and a lot of the mainstream viewers aren't going to know. And apparently, he he's Chris Jericho's mate. He retired in two thousand and six. What the hell's he gonna do? And I, I, what does he add to the group exactly? Apart from going like. And it was just doing this like quite tacky, hokey, I'm a deranged lunatic stuff, which, you know, might have gotten over in 1996, but it's 2020. And that's and it's just it's yet another flat debut in AEW. And I really think this company hasn't done a solid surprise debut since Moxley. Yeah, yeah, because I, I even agree. Uh, Swagger Hager was sort of looking confused most of the time. Yeah. That, that wasn't a home run. They haven't, yeah, for all the debuts they've done. But they yeah. keep doing them. Mm. That, and that's the other side of it. You can't keep doing surprise debuts and then expect them to still be, like, always get that massive pop. Yeah. Because we only had what one of these a few weeks ago when The Butcher and the Blade debut. And before that, we only had one of them a couple of weeks before that when someone debuted. Ward, Wardlow. Wardlow, that's it, exactly. There's only so many times you can do this. And they've done it, like, four times in the last four months. There was Nightmare Collective... Uh, set third person from the woman in yep. the crowd. It's yeah, it's it's not good. You have a great roster already, but they're pathologically committed to getting new talent over, which isn't a bad strategy. But it's it's damaging. Yeah, and it, uh, and it sucked all the energy out of this crowd as well. Yeah. Like you could you could actively feel this crowd be less interested mm-hmm. when when Luther debuted. Uh, then we got a video package for Super Bad like Kip this. Yeah. Yes. I much prefer this. Video packages are there for a reason. Very effective. I, I much prefer this to like uh, just, you know, an angle where he comes and beats loads of people up. Yeah. I thought this was really, really effective. Super effective, mm. in fact. Zach Myers in the crowd. Lead singer of Farewell. I've written Shinedown. Oh, I've got no I Wikipedia. I've got no <laughs> idea who he is. I've got no idea. No, no idea either. Uh, but I'd know who this next person is. Christopher oh. Daniels taking on Sammy Guevara. Now, so, do you think it was intentional? The Arabian press. Sorry, I, I had a cheese toaster before we came in. Yeah, I'm, you're I'm very thirsty. Uh, no, I think it was a botch. Okay. And I think they very smartly built a storyline off of it. Either okay, way, yeah. it's very smart. Well, that's it, because I, like you, 
thought, oh, yeah, it was a botch and they've turned into a storyline. But when they, the angle that they showed of like him missing the Arabian press, I looked at it and I was like, how did you? That must have been intentional because it was botched so badly. Like, you must have done that on purpose. I, I don't know. But, I, but it's Daniels. That's the thing. It's like, it's, it's perfect. It, and yeah. Daniels doesn't make these sorts of mistakes. I, I mean, I can't think of any other recent examples where a major wrestling promotion has intentionally scheduled a weird botch angle. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, um, anyway, Daniel, they had a, a you know quite a standard match. Went through to ad break, but then when Sammy was setting up, to, sorry, Sammy, when Christopher Daniels was setting up to do the BME Best Moonsault Ever, Pentagon Junior comes out onto the apron to Shadow, being like, "Oh, I mean, you can try it if you want, but I probably wouldn't recommend it." And that distracted him to allow Sammy to pick up the win. Mm. I thought it was good stuff. I. So I love anything Christopher Daniels does. I'm so I just I love I love him. Love Daniels. <laughs> and if it was a botch all those weeks ago, which I think it was, I, I, I was taken aback by how many people started ragging on Christopher Daniels. I, I was going to say like it's Christopher Daniels. I know, like show, show the man some respect. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's incredible, uh, and I. I, I think this is the perfect use of him, working in this sort of mid-card level, getting over guys like Sammy. That's exactly how you use him. Really good use. I wasn't a fan of Penn. Like, you can have Penn to come out, and that be the finish, or you can have the Dark Order come out. I don't think you can have the both. Both. I felt it was overcrowded. Well, I think it's multiple storylines, because... Because it was the match with Penta that the mm-hmm. move was botched, and it was Penta that was making fun of him, and that led Sammy to make fun of him as well. So yeah. I think it's just it's keeping that plate spinning that you've still you're furthering this SCU Lucha Brothers stuff. I get that. If I'm being hypercritical, I think it was an overcrowded segment. Uh, but yeah, that's what happened. Penta. Yeah, I mean, you're right because after you did that, you then bring out another team to exactly. Penta caused a distraction, which led to Sammy winning, and then immediately after the Dark Order come out, being like. Do you want to... I've written too many luchadors. Uh, <laughs> Can I put my hand up on this? Yep. I like the Dark Order. Well, I yeah, I much prefer this. This is how they should be positioned in this mid-card slot. I, I kind of like it. I really like yeah. Uno. I think Uno is a really good talker. I really like his delivery. I love their look. I love Grayson. I love Grayson. I, I am a fan of this act. And is this is the first time they've been over. Mm. So... It was actually, I got quite a bit of a kick from this. When they got out and they got heat, I was like, <laughs> yes, finally, finally, we're getting some heat here. I, uh, I, I think the, they were more over with the video packages. Like just online, it was hashtag join Dark Order everywhere. Yeah. They had something there. Unfortunately, they jumped the gun too quickly. That I will, I'm in complete <clears> agreement <throat> with. Mm. Uh, Dark Order offered the Master Daniels uh, and he th- threw it down instead and SCU'd come down with the Bucks as well so big brawl there which is nice that they're carrying on the Bucks involvement in this they're not completely dropping that poorly received main event angle which I thought they might have done before Christmas Day which I think this is the best balance I-, I wouldn't want them to drop it completely that's too messy but this is a good way to satisfy both sides and then Daniels hits a best moonsault ever on Beaver Guy I've ridden yeah I mean I just wrote one of the creepers yeah, to, to show that he still got it what I loved in this was all the minions are taken sorry the creepers are taken out but Stu Grayson Gets slides in into goes, the ring one two three four don't care yeah I'm just gonna fight all of you anyway I thought I was wicked I thought it was badass I think Grayson's awesome yeah. I think that was a really cool spot and Uno was always out of the ring as well mm-hmm. like as this this mob boss, I mean, he's a cult leader. Yeah. Never getting involved. Actually, that was really, really nice. 
After that, we got Lucha Bros versus Rhodes Bros. Yeah, um, Shane, this all took place in the ad break. Yeah, I, I, you know, you put, you advertise a match like this. I want all of it. Yeah, <laughs> I said this in my in about four minute review. In hindsight, I wish this had been safe for a pay per view. Mm, yeah, and we could have had the full first time ever. Rhodes Brothers, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, it was still it's still great. Yeah, still amazing. great stuff. Uh, I just, Phoenix Man. I, I know. When he does his sort of like reverse 619 thing and then steps out and does this big roundhouse kick, yeah. it's it's bonkers. Uh, I, so Arn Anderson's out there again. I, I've written that his covering the mouth with these notes is the best spot in wrestling right it's, now. Okay. I think it's incredible. <laughs> uh, just, you know, brilliant stuff from all four men. Unfortunately, there was a bit where Dustin was going over to make a hot tag. Phoenix had to get a chair. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they thought this was going to work because the referee can see all of this. So so Dustin could have always made that tag. Arn Anderson comes over and pulls the chair out of Phoenix's Kicks Phoenix the chairs hand, out of his hand. Which is great. Like, that's cool use of Arn. But it was never going to work anyway. Dustin could have made the tag. Dustin's just stranded in the middle of the ring, complete, like, standing upright. Mm. And then he has to kind of sell again and then build up the hot tag. That like the middle part of this match didn't that was completely missed time. That overbooked it. Yeah. yeah, completely. But it's like there's overbooking and then there's booking something that would have worked in the first place. I just yeah. don't see how that could have ever made sense. An excellent point. <laughs> uh, uh, it, uh, you know, that was a problem. But overall, this was great, great stuff. Cody hits a springboard cutter and then Dustin hit the final reckoning for the win. I'm not expecting them to be in the power rankings because their win loss record as a team is what two and zero, mm. and I don't think Gold Dust's singles record is strong enough to get them into the power rankings. Hasn't it been reset now? They did put up al- their new rankings. But you've also got to keep in uh, account of your overall oh, right. score as well because it does say like your 2020 score and your overall mm. and your mm. career score. Um, but I do think that the Lucha Brothers will be knocked down the power rankings because, you know, they got beat by a team that's not even in the yeah, top five. Yeah, it should be. Um, then Arn is, sorry, not Arn, Tony Schiavani interviews Cody afterwards, but Arn grabs the mic instead and sort of answers about the MJF stuff. Yeah, he said no one, no one <coughs> told me he was God, that he gets to make the rules. Mm. So we're going to have a chat about this. I'll, I'll let you know next week. Yeah, so great pace and elongate this feud out. Uh, then we got Lanny Poffo. Yeah, Lanny Poffo gets a promo with Alex Marvez backstage. Randy Savage's brother, if you're unfamiliar. Uh, the, gen- the genius Lanny Poffo, who got the most genius deal in WCW. Oh. Because Eric Bischoff was just signing anyone. Particularly if one of his really top stars said, like, sign this person. Because, like, Hulk was like, sign on my mates. Mm. Randy's like, sign on my mates. So they sign his brother. I wonder how Luther got his job. <laughs> exactly right. So Lanny signs this millions of dollar deal, guaranteed millions of dollar deal. And I think in the many years that he was there, he was used twice. Yeah. And they never even flew him out to the building. He would just sit at home and just collect this massive paycheck every single year. Not bad. Not bad, man. Yeah, smarter than Kevin Nash. If you go by <laughs> Kevin Nash's reckoning. Uh, the, the, Lanny is just an incredible talker. Yeah, great talker. They tried him out on New Japan commentary last year. That's right, they uh, did. Not the right fit, but mm. he, he is a fantastic talker. Uh, and they recap the whole Memphis Legends thing. It seems like that was more of a gimmick to sell live event tickets, as all the stuff happened on the pre-show. They said it's going to wear on Dark next week. So it was there for Marvez to, to push Dark. Did you see Jerry Lawler's comments about this? No, I didn't. Where he said that they're only doing this Legend of Memphis thing to sell tickets and draw some interest. <laughs> I was like, 
Yeah. They're that, a wrestling promotion. That, that's exactly why they're doing it, Jerry. My favorite comment I've seen about that, I think it was Trevor Dame who said, that man's only had sex so he can have an orgasm. <laughs> Speaking of having sex and bang, MJF Segway. came out next. And he's just doing some brilliant heel work. He's doing his entrance in the ad break. But you can see him tearing up signs. There's this big sign opposite the hard cam that says MJF is a virgin. He tore up one sign, folded it in half, hit someone <laughs> round the head with it. Hit a fan with in the head. And this fan is like, yes, I have been hit. <laughs> it was just great stuff. It was great. Uh, he gets into the ring afterwards. He tells Cody to come out. He's his little bitch. But then out comes DDP. Oh, I got excited when I heard DDP's music because when he had his segment last year, when he gave uh, and he had to give MJF mm. the ring, there was a little bit in my like little bit of me was like, oh man, what if we're going to get another DDP match? I'd actually really like another DDP match. Going back even to the scarf angle, he was one of the four men That's, that came out yeah. there as well. So when he came out again, I was like, we're getting a DDP mm. match. Getting a DDP match. I got super excited for a DDP yeah, yeah. match. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. Well, it is happening. Well, it is happening. It's week. happening next week. Uh, so DDP comes in. He plugs DDPY, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> and, a- and he gets an AEW chant going, the man's an incredible promo. So DDP and Lanny Poffo did way better at getting over AEW than Jim Ross did, who at one point in the show called it AWE. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to point out as well, you can see while DDP's cut this promo, MJF's on his phone. I thought he was just checking Twitter, but no, he was actually tweeting and he tweeted, will this old fart ever shut up? Brilliant. During the, ah, brilliant. Uh, DDP calls him Motormouth, Motormouth Jackoff Friedman. Yep. Uh, DDP talks about everyone asking him for one more match, but MJF says, well, I've got the Butcher and the Blade here instead. WCW's Ted <laughs> and your old... You know, all the all the stuff that DDP was a great promo. And you think, well, you know, I hope MJF isn't shown up here. And then MJF just <laughs> annihilates him yeah. because he, he d- goes on that little rant. And at the end, he says, and when it's all said and done, I'm going to take one of your diamond daughters, bend her over and bang. bang. <laughs> oh, my God. Just yeah. like and then he uh, said, kiss the ring. That was money. And it made me, I, I was so into DDP when he then grabbed him by the throat because I'm like, yeah, you get him. Yeah. You get him, Dallas. That twerp just said he's going to bang your daughter in front of your face. That's like, yeah. I, I just thought that was such an effective way to build a wrestling feud. And then he hits a pair of cutters on the butcher, the blade. Uh, tries to hit one on MJF, but get caught with some Wardlow stuff. Low blow from MJF. And they were about to beat him down, and QT Marshall and Dustin ran in to make the save. That's a match next week. Six-man tag. Yeah. It's QT Marshall, uh, Dustin, and um, DDP versus Butcher Blade and MJF. Yeah, so DDP can be protected and all of that. Yeah. Uh, the man can... St- I reckon the man can still go. I think it's going to be great, yeah. I, I... Yeah, so either he just does a few moves or he properly wrestles... I would hold him off till I want a singles match. I want a singles want match a singles as well. Match. Yeah, totally. I want a steel cage. But like it's it's what it's DDP wrestling on live wrestling on TNT in the year 2020. You know, the last time he'd have done that would have been 2001. Did you like it? I did like it, mate. What was wrong with the big show then? Wait, what? On Raw in 2020. DDP's been gone for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're, no, but you're absolutely right. Mm. Maybe so I'm into Diamond Dallas Page and I'm not into Big Show. That's fair. Yeah. But like DDP has been gone longer. Yeah. 
um, and has you are had completely 100 right, DDP, uh, 100 face turns. <laughs> Best Friends versus Jurassic Express came up next. It's also not the main event. Did I say main event? No, no, no. I said I, I said big shows. Not oh, yet, yet. not in the main event. Yeah, uh, save myself there. This is this six man is just inspired. I said this to you yesterday. I said, do you know what's on Dynamite tonight? I said they're having a six man tag between Jurassic Express and the best friends in Orange Cassidy. And instantly, we're like, oh, I mean, I mean, it's been booked to annoy Jim Cornette, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm super into it. It was probably the most over thing on the entire show. Yeah, and and it's just it was fun. It wasn't this intense wrestling feud. It wasn't even amazing wrestling it was just be people who are over two comedy characters that are incredibly over out of note like marco stunt i'm actually quite surprised by i never really thought he could get to that place in the fans hearts but he has and in mine as well this was just booked perfectly yeah it was so much fun cassidy the like when cassidy tagged in the roof came off the place <laughs> they even said on commentary that's a pop. Yeah. Like when Cassidy came in. And all he's doing is nothing. Yeah. But then we'll do some stuff. And the crowd go even more bonkers for it. I thought this was so much fun. I thought it was great. I very rarely shout at my lady partner at 7.30 a.m. when I watch this and tell her to come in and watch something. <laughs> when Orange Cassidy got that tag, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, Anna! Anna! <laughs> Get in here now. I paused it. Yeah. I was like, get in here, get in here. And she's like, what is it? And I played it. And he just does the little kicks. And he went, hmm. And then she walked off. But she's not the point. It's how much I was into it. I was into it when Luchasaurus got the hot tag. Oh, Luchasaurus versus Cassidy. Yeah. I, I just loved everything about this. But there is actually a bit of, you know, storyline in this. And I thought the selling of this was fantastic. Jungle Boy got the pin. Mm. Jungle Boy, I think he pinned Chucky e. T. Yeah. And that is his first win in AEW ah. and he sold that like when he got the, he hit the yeah. dragon runner and got the pin he looked at the, the referee even sort of like oh my god you pinned someone ah. and he looks at him he's like three three Marco Stunt runs in and they all hug Luchasaurus gets in and he hugs both of them he's like yeah our boy won a match That's yay brilliant. I thought it was really well told stuff really good yeah really good I, I thought I, I can see why people wouldn't like that because if you're not into these guys you're going to hate it, probably. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. are into it. Give us that one. Yeah. And I think that's that's a beautiful... I actually missed that, uh, but that's that's a beautiful little character piece. Hopefully, they carry on with it. And they announced for the Jericho Cruise, Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle mm. of Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz. And they also announced that Bash of the Beach, we're going to get, as we said earlier... Um, MGF, Butcher and Blade versus DDP, <clears throat> Dustin and QT. We're also getting Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida versus Awesome Kong and Mel... Uh, I'd imagine Mel's going to do the majority of that work. Yeah. And we're also getting oh, Pack versus Darby Allen. Yes, please. So we've got a bash at the beach next week. Uh, patent pending. And the, <laughs> I think they got away with yeah, this. Yeah, it looks like it. And the cruise the following week. That's correct. I don't like summer themes in January. It it's, feels I weird. Know. It's because like, they're like, <laughs> well, we're in Miami, so I guess we could call it Bash of the Beach. Like, who's going to the beach in January? It's just as... It's... Mate, America is hotter. But it so would may, work. maybe they do go to the beach in but January. I don't think their mindset... Is, like, <laughs> whose mindset is beach in January? Maybe. I love the theme shows. Save them for six months. Awesome. Like, do you know what? I'm not going to care, but everyone better be in Hawaiian shirts next week. Yeah. If the commentary team are not in Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> if there is no sand and surfboards, this has been a colossal waste of time. Mm, yeah. 
Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to quit. Yeah, on AEW. Oh, I will quit it's all of it. It's dead to me. Dead those to Hawaiian me. shirts aren't there. We should have Hawaiian Why shirts. I'm making a note now. Yeah, get making it now. A reminder. You start with this. Oh, I, I, overall, I give it a three out of five. Same here. Okay, do the super chats. I was going. Oh, the Patreon <laughs> shout-out. <laughs> no. You start I, the Patreon shout-out. I thought I would just leave some dead air as well. I've got to do the uh, Hawaiian shirts. Have you got? Have you got one? Uh, no. I've got like two. I'll bring one in for you. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, Wednesday. I'm a, I'm it's a, on the to-do list. I'm a sharp-dressed man, as you can see, wearing my Powerline T-shirt. Uh, Josh to Dominic's. This was my favourite ending to Dynamite mm. so far. Mox feels the closest thing to a Stone Cold-like character we've had. Really hope he blows up that car. So I was thinking from the next week, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I, maybe, maybe I I just think, I love the visual when it's someone standing behind the other person and the other person doesn't know it's happening. Dude, you're not wrong. Yeah. You can still do that and blow up the car the following week. <laughs> Lee Spicer. Brandy is terrible, that is all. Yeah. She's not worked out well. No. No. Uh, good, good, to, good toy, 25. I'm going to be at Bash at the Whoa! Beach next week. Can't wait for that pack versus Derby and DDP. Oh, mate, you want a lineup you've got. You better wear a Hawaiian shirt. 100%. Absolutely. And you better send us a picture of you in a Hawaiian shirt. If you do, we'll get the TV back here and we will put that picture of you in the Hawaiian shirt in the TV. Completely. Uh, Anton H. Brandy reminded me of Ronda Berrien Wrestling. So I guess that's when Ronda talked she, about it being fake. Yeah, when she went on and I was like, oh, wrestling's fake, by the way. I didn't get any of that from Brandy. No, I didn't get that from Brandy. Uh, she was just bad in a different way. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Shiel, I'm glad there is a story in the women's division. This it reminds me a lot of... So when you and I said that we weren't fans of the Chris Statlander gimmick, we actually had quite a lot of... I had some emails and I had some tweets from people going like, but it's her own gimmick. She came up with it. It's like, I mean, it's cool. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing here. It's like, I know we've been asking for storylines in the women's division. Doesn't mean just because now we've got one, I have to like it. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's not a good story. Uh, yeah. And, well, maybe, yeah, the Nightmare Collective stuff is no good. The Britt Baker story, however, That's, I'm actually into. Yeah, that I really like. Uh, Mike Montiel. Is Brandy booking the women's division? Bad booking. She's the head of the women's division. I know that much. Yeah, so it's kind of, maybe it's the split responsibility and it's just, you know, it's too many cooks because the yeah. idea is Kenny is in charge of all the Japanese wrestlers and Brandy's heading up the US side of things. And... Brandy has arguably gone to American and done these stupid nightmare collective things. And Kenny has just not pushed, like not given anyone characters. So gone the Japanese way. I honestly don't know how you could look at your promotion, see what you're doing with the Dark Order and then think, huh, well, I'm sure we could just do another group like yeah, that. Yeah. Anton H again, Gado made New Japan and Kenny great. AEW isn't Gado. So maybe Gado should just book everything. Maybe. Maybe mm. that's the answer. Yeah, but well, they often say like wrestlers are great, great creative resources, and they can offer loads of storylines and ideas themselves, and character insights to inform larger stories. But ultimately, you need someone at the top making those decisions. The Vince McMahon. Yeah, you need a Vince McMahon. Vince Russo was great feeding ideas to Vince McMahon who could filter them. That's what we said about Vince Russo: is he would offer a hundred ideas, and Vince would accept one of them. Mm. Yeah, so maybe you know Kenny. Kenny's got loads of ideas, 
but he didn't really have anyone above him to say, oh, are you sure that, you know, booking you to be rubbish for six months on the launch of the promotion is a good idea? You're saying you want to have you walking bored through Shibuya <laughs> is, is what you have is just start your video package? Matthew Shiel, I want to see them do Kong versus Nyla in the future. Agreed. I don't know how you can actually do that, though, because Nyla sort of looks so good when she just destroys people and Kong can't take that many bumps because of her health. Uh, Ian Berkeley, who gets a win first, Peter Avalon or the Beaver Boys, Reynolds and Silver? Well, it's got to be Reynolds and Silver, otherwise the Dark Order thing doesn't work. Mm. Canal Improbabile, very solid and consistent episode for me as well. I'd say four out of five, one of the best. Well, Mm. clearly WWE's payment came in and Ollie's AEW bias is no longer. Hashtag a big one. Yeah. Maybe we need to get a big one. A big one t-shirt. T-shirt. Laughing emoji. Um, yeah, well, you know, cheers, Vince. Thank you. We're very fickle. With all <laughs> from. Quinn Stewart, who is the one WWE main event talent who would do the most good for AEW? Brock Lesnar, I think, is quite, you know, if, yeah. if you want to. John Cena. Yeah, you got to say the actual mainstream names there. I'll pass over to you. Uh, Chris Blass says, Watching you guys since 2017. It's my birthday today Hi. as well. Do you believe that Jericho should hold the title for a whole year? And if he does, do you think someone from the inner circle like Sammy should face him? Um, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday off. indeed, Chris. Yes, I do think it should be at least for a year. I don't think uh, any of those... In, I, don't, I haven't seen anything to make me want that kind of story from the other inner circle guys. Kenny should be the guy to win the belt. Or Cody. I know, I know, I know. I don't know how. I think it's good. The, their match at Revolution, um, Cody and Mox, mm-hmm. is going to be very interesting considering that Mox has got his opt-out. Reportedly, he's got an opt-out. For, you know, he can be there for a year and then opt out of his three-year contract. Um, Jay Meitzer says, I think Paige is the Dark Order member with blood on his hands. It was a drunken mistake. That's a nice little thing like maybe the dark order have got something on him and ways they inform their cults is by blackmailing people with information and you did say that you weren't into it being brandon cutler because i mean who cares about brandon cutler but people care about page um and he is you know he is winning now uh vincent mileage says the dark order should absorb the trash collective Mm. because if i see them on my screen again i'm just going to switch over to nxt and watch AEW on my dvr now, that's a, quite an extreme thing to have them turn off the entire show because you don't like one thing, but they are rubbish. They are rubbish, and you're like, oh, do I watch the next 15 minutes of this or do I just flip on to the other channel? And if the other channel's got something good and hooks you they're in, gonna stay there. you're going to stay there. So it, it is, when you're in a war, you really have to consider this sort of stuff. Um, which is why I also think it was a smart move for them not to have the Legends of Memphis thing. Because mm. when they announced that, I was like, well, there's a channel changer. <laughs> Um, Wilson Simon says y'all, need, y'all nailed it AEW is too nice yeah yeah that's that's their problem they, <laughs> they respect other companies too much <laughs> OGP Dadon Baskin glory. I explained to my boy that Orange Cassidy can do a 450 and now he wants Orange Cassidy on a pay-per-view and it's saved until then uh, so, uh, Orange Cassidy can do a 450 oh god I can't wait for that spot when he yeah. when he eventually busts out hands in pockets no hands yeah oh uh, Nate drops surname. Thoughts on if, Moken, uh, if broken Matt Hardy is the exalted one, obviously in the Dark Order, but then that makes him feel like he's the leader. Mm. Uno needs to be the leader. I've seen a, so many people have said it should be Marty. Uno's the leader of that group. Having a, another leader come in just completely undermines everything. Yeah, yeah. I think For me, bro- anyway. broken Matt 
is is strong enough to stand on his own. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix says, "Love you guys. Going to watch the rest of the stream tomorrow." Oh. Well, hello from the past. Hello from the past, indeed. Ooh ah, ooh, ooh ah. Is that? Uh, is is that a Goofy movie shirt, Luke? It is. I drunkenly bought this after I watched a Goofy movie and I cried because I got so happy at the end when they they all danced together. And I was like, I watched then uh, a load of clips from them at D23 singing all the songs live. And then I was like, I wonder if I can get a Powerline t-shirt. And I found one and I bought it. Imagine how many t-shirts Hangman Page has ordered over the last <laughs> month. Uh, Tim Arndt, my mindset in January is beach. I'm an Australian. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's, that works. Goiti 25 Maybe again. it's just because we're so British. Like, no matter what time of year it is, yeah. I'm, I'm never thinking I'm beach. <laughs> uh, Goiti 25 or Gatui 25. I live in Miami. There is no such thing as cold weather here. All year is beach time. That's what I said, okay. man. It's a hot country. Again, Hawaiian shirts all year round. Benny Sato, Tommy's, Tommy's number one fan. Hashtag justice for Randy Annie Datsun. Stripper Ollie shirts, please. <laughs> And thank you to Beth Beaky for your donation and no comments. Uh, this email comes in uh, from Tron Bo, who says, uh, Thank you for your almost daily show. Last August, I was in a car accident at work Ooh. that totaled my work vehicle and put me in a very long road to recovery. Your show became personal to me as I was struggling to get better and rehab my body and be away from my job. It was a difficult time. My wife and I had just purchased our first home and moved to a different city, and having this car accident on top of all these new challenges, uh, mm. all these new changes, was overwhelming. Sorry, you had a question. Well, I was just... It's you know when you think something's a good idea to chip in with, mm-hmm. and then you you should have just carried on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say road to recovery, but then it's then it kept on getting sadder. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because you made a good pun because of the. So I would uh, like to thank you guys for putting me in su- uh, for putting out such entertaining quality product. You provided me with many hours of fun and lovely time with the boys. I noticed that you never got a t-shirt in reference to me uh, that came out with all the new ones. So I've made you one. Merry Christmas, wow. Luke. Thank you for your hard work. It does not go unnoticed. It is actually a Luke's picture of face me on Kotobushi's body. It's a picture of me dressed up as the Undertaker, <laughs> and it says "One more soul, Vince." That's amazing. Very like good. it. Did you do your A E? T W? Did it, it, the, get over did it not week. get over last week? The, the only comments about it were people going like, Why? What, what's with the T? <laughs> I'm trying something new. I'm trying something new. It, it didn't work. I, you've it been was, workshopping that for months. I have. It was such a good joke as well. So uh, everyone else would have just listened to this, but uh, you know we record this part before the main bulk of the show. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully... It all went well, and you were satisfied with my bit of fantasy booking. I don't feel like we've done any fantasy booking for a while. We have not. Uh, I had a pretty good idea of it this morning, but I've been stuck in a loop of second-guessing myself, and all I have now in my notes is throw keys into crowd. (laughs) That's all I've got to work off. So? So everything else is going to be from my brain. I mean, you'll have already heard it by the time you get to this point. I hope it went well. Sorry if it didn't. Anyway, this email comes in from Nate, who says, Hi there, Luke, Ollie, Pete, and the rest of Talk Gang. Even you, Blake Ham, you piece of crap. I've been struggling with depression a lot recently. My wife and I have eight kids and a new baby coming on February 7th. Nine kids! Now, that sounds like a lot of stress alone. Yeah, but our, it does. But our kids are super great and don't give me the, my normal dad stress. What's been getting at me is the pregnancy complications. Oh. Uh, my wife has a condition called placenta acridia. Sorry, I said that wrong. Which is where the placenta attaches to the uterus. They're not a good band either. <laughs> 
Sorry, again, not the time. I thought not the time. I thought their self-titled album from 94 was great. Um, anyway, we're also seeing where the placenta is getting bigger and it, and it should be and it will cut through during the C-section. I've also found out that she will need to have a hysterectomy at the same mm. time. This has given me nightmares and depression full on. She will be at risk for hemorrhage and possible death. With this placenta growing, could put our baby in danger as well. This all being said, you have all been very refreshing and fun to listen to during this difficult time for me. I've also really struggled with wrestling as a whole. I don't have cable TV, so I don't get to watch all my wrestling in recaps. So I have to watch all my wrestling in recaps, which is great for Raw and SmackDown, but doesn't do much for me when I'm watching NXT and AEW. Love your content, always bright outlook on life, and how you make me laugh just when I need it. I'm looking forward to 2020, a safe and happy family, and my wife and newborn daughter at home. I don't know where you guys are on faith or religion, but say a prayer for my wife Megan and daughter Gracie Jo to get here safe, and we can all go home together. Keep up the consistent and amazing work. You are the podcast I anticipate each day. Sorry for the long email, but I've been holding this in for a while. Peace and good fortune to you and your families in Christ, Nate. Oh, never apologize, Nate. Uh, that's amazing. I, I really do hope everything's okay, of course. I mean, I can't imagine what that would be like to, to worry not just about, you know, whether the baby's going to come out okay, but the, the health of your wife as well. Mm. Oh, you know, like I, I love my lady partner more than anything in the world. And, you know, it's okay. she's, I, don't, I don't take offense to that. And she's just all right. So <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine how strong you feel to yours. So yeah, yeah. Keep, keep us up to date, though. Please do. Well, we're here for you, buddy. As is the SWAF nation. Indeed. And do you know who else is all together in this? SWAF Dunder. This comes Swaft in from under. Josephine, who says, Hi, they want us to get naked. That's I've, what I'm hearing. That's I've, the feedback. I've been inspired to email in. I'm actually going by the comments. That's the last thing anyone oh, wanted. What? I know. I was actually was a little bit disappointed. Oh, I thought that was, I was not going to use it to raise money. I was going to use it for the million subscriber. <laughs> oh, but before we get into this, I saw the news report on, you know, it's all awful down there. Of course it is. But the koala I know. in a cast yeah. has got a broken arm because its mum threw it from a tree to save herself but save him. For a second, I thought you were going to say, I just saw the news story about Meghan and Harry leaving the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and how awful that is. And I'm like, yeah, it's really terrible how our British media has essentially driven them out of this country because they're all awful, awful people. Mm. Who, the royal family? <laughs> well, I mean, they're bad people, but the British media are just about the worst people in the world. Mm. Don't worry, Pizza Express are hiring. Hey! But sorry, back to the very serious topic. I've been inspired to email and after listening to the end of the Rust Talk podcast in regards to the bushfire crisis we're having here and say a big thank you to everyone who has sent prayers and support to my country. I live in a small farming township in New South Wales and even though we haven't been directly threatened by fire, we have been hit heavily with crisis emerging from it. Every day we're dealing with sickness from smoke pollution and heavy drought. Our town water supply has uh, hit zero where our town water supply would normally be pumped from. Uh, there is no water at all and now we're getting water trucked in every day. Our severe level 4 water restrictions since November were aiming at 87 litres of water per person per day. Um, uh, in comparison, a person would normally get 180 to 200 litres oh, per wow. day. This is what it's like all over the country with monthly rainfall of less than 5 millimetres where it would normally be 100 millimetres plus. Normally in bushfire season, there would be flowing rivers, creeks and dams, and the actors' containment lines of trees would be uh, green to fully catch a light. But this year it's been so dry everywhere that the fires have been obviously uh, been <clears> devastating. <throat> There's been a total fire ban everywhere, meaning we can't even light a barbecue. 
Along with this comes the cough fevers and pneumonia people getting from the smoke pollution. And I haven't even mentioned the people who have lost everything to these fires, like their lives and homes or loved ones, or the losses of native animals and their natural habitat, mm. or the loss of agriculture and tourism industry that is mostly made up of sm uh, smaller family-owned businesses that are currently being unemployed. All I want to say is that I know a lot of people here are suffering, and I want to say thank you to Luke and Ollie and anyone who has been paying, uh, praying for and supporting the causes of my country. As I finish off writing this cyclone on the, uh, as I finish this, a cyclone on the coast of the West Australia has just started dunking a massive rain here so your positive energy must be doing something thank you for being you keep up the great work can't wait for the wrestle talk nude calendar charity edition <laughs> well you might be waiting a bit longer so josephine wants one is basically the well well yeah hang in there josephine Absolutely. i hope you appreciate our, our manifested gift of uh, <laughs> another terrifying natural disaster in the in the was it a typhoon or a cyclone 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 and that's one that comes from no a typhoon is one that comes from the sea into land he was one of the natural disasters yeah i, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> i mean he, he did win the wwf tag team titles at one point yeah but yeah you, yeah I, i'm not very good at offering you know support but we are all thinking of you it's, it's, it's awful it, it, it is awful I, did, I actually had like an email i wanted to end this uh episode off with about doctor who Mm. Which is why I end on a bit of a lighter note. But unfortunately, we've now got to get out of here because we've got a live show. Great today. time management. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. That's because we had to fix the camera. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we've got another episode out today, which is the NXT review with si uh, Laurie and Simon. Yep. Yep, Laurie and Simon. And then I guess we'll be back tomorrow for the magazine show. And then Saturday for SmackDown. Thank you very much. Uh, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.